It is good to see you tonight in the Lord's house. We're glad that you're here. And if you're in person or you are online, you're very welcome. We're happy that you're here, here in Toronto. It's been a rather drizzling day, and it's been raining uh, pretty steadily. But we're glad that has not kept you away from coming to the place of praise. We're starting, please, tonight with a good hymn, Revive Us Again. This is a prayer that we have for every heart, every believer. We praise Thee, O God, for the Son of Thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Revive us again. Let's stand, please, as we worship. You were singing well tonight, and it's good to lift our hearts in praise and worship to the Lord. Let's bow, please, now in prayer and bring all of our needs in this service before Him now. Our Father, with joy and thanksgiving once again, we have come in this house of prayer to lift our thanksgiving and our worship and our praise. Lord, we're thankful for the Lord's Day, the Christian Sabbath. We're thankful, O God, for the blessing and the privilege of being able to be here this morning in the service and for those who have been able to come back again this evening. Lord, we give the entire day into Your hand, and we want it every Lord's Day to be a full day of praise, a full day of thanksgiving and worship. A full day, Lord, where we can enjoy one another's fellowship in the gospel and we might lift our praises 
and our thanksgiving toward heaven. Father, we ask that Your blessing would be poured out upon every single family in our fellowship, that You would bless those homes where there are unsaved loved ones, that they would be brought to faith in Christ, long prayed for. Lord, in Jesus' name, hear those prayers and save our unsaved or backslidden children, family members, whatever the case may be. Lord, come and intervene, we ask. We know that every family faces its own challenges, its own trials and tribulations, and some of them are very deep health matters. And Father, we pray that whatever the case may be, whether health-related or financial-related or some faith challenge and battle, Lord, come with power and deliverance and give help, we pray. We're thankful, Lord, for answering prayer. We're thankful for those that have recently professed faith in Christ. Lord, work deeply in their hearts. I pray that they will be strengthened and stabilized and going on and growing from grace to grace. Dear Father, remember tonight those in our fellowship that need our prayers for healing. We pray tonight for a serene, that your hand will be upon her. We pray for our brother Ron. We ask, Lord, that you would bless Kingsley. And we're thankful for your hand upon Alec, bringing him through the surgery. And Lord, we think of Ruth Santos tonight, and we pray for her, that you would touch her eyes, and may there be complete healing in that particular area. And dear Father, so many, many others, we pray for June Hamilton tonight, that your hand will be upon her. And we think of Angela, Lorraine's sister overseas. And Lord, you would comfort her heart and touch her just now in her physical need, and that you would bless her and, and be very near. We think of Brother Cranston tonight as well, and Brother Bodner, and these ones that need your direct and immediate touch. Lord, as we think of these things that are affecting us and that we are directly connected to, we expand and extend our praying. Lord, we pray for all of our congregations and our missionaries. We ask that the blessing would be poured out upon them of revival, of awakening, of salvation that would move into all of our churches. We're asking, Lord, to bless those congregations that don't have pastors at this time, that they would be strengthened. We think of the work in Calgary tonight, and we pray that you would bless the congregation, be with our brother Gulliher as he continues to help there in this time of vacancy. Thankful Brother Robinson was able to be of assistance last week, and you brought him and Linda home safely. And Lord, we just pour out our prayers and our uh, thanksgiving for all that has been done. Lord, we know there is much work yet to do, and we acknowledge our great dependence, our great need, O God, for Your moving. Come, Lord, and hear our prayers and bless us and answer these prayers for our upcoming presbytery and prayer times when all of our ministers and elders would join with us here. And Lord, of all the details and all the preparation and everyone that is coming forward to help, may there be blessing poured out in every minute detail 
and everyone who is coming to assist. Lord, may these times be times of great spiritual blessing. Do not let the devil come in to disrupt that blessing in any way. Lord, we're asking for advancement. We're praying for new doors to be opened. We're thankful for the young men that have come in to the gospel ministry. Thankful for our brother Simon, who has recently testified of the working of the Spirit of God in his own life and the leading into the full-time service. Lord, bless him. Bless Rebecca. and Bless their family. And Lord, we pray that there will be many others who will hear the sound of the call of God from all our churches. Father, make use of us in these dark days in which we're living in. Let not the devil get the upper hand, Lord, in any one of our lives or our churches. May there be a strong, high wall of defense around us. Let us all be filled daily with the power of the Spirit of God, enabling us to witness, to share our light. And Lord, use us to lead sinners to Christ. Father, bless us now. Pour out Your mighty Spirit upon this congregation and encourage us all as we go forward in the service of the Lord Jesus. We ask these things now in our Savior's precious and worthy name. Amen. Let's continue in our praise tonight. Number 375, Jesus is precious. We'll stand as we sing.
Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, reading the first 14 verses, and this is a portion that we mentioned this morning that is fulfillment or an answer to Psalm 40, as we will notice as we read through Hebrews 10, 1 to 14. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sin thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, into their minds will I write them, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. May God bless His Word to our hearts tonight as we have read. Welcome to our evening service of worship tonight. It is good to see you all, and we're glad that you are here. And if you're visiting with us or you're here again, you're very welcome in the Savior's name. And of course, we want to say a warm word of welcome to those who are viewing our service online. We mentioned this morning a note of thanks uh, from our brother Alec Newell, 
one of our elders, as he had come through surgery in this past week, and he is very thankful for the Lord's hand upon him and praying that he will continue to know the Lord's healing. Remember, please, also Lydia Bowman in the death of her father. Her father was an elder in the Winston-Salem, North Carolina congregation for many, many years, served faithfully there, battling cancer for over a year and a half, and the Lord has taken him home. And so do remember Lydia, please, in your prayers. After our service tonight, we'll be having a meeting with those who have come forward to be baptized, and we'll be meeting in the, in the counseling room. And then after the service also, we have the fellowship time downstairs, some food and light refreshments prepared for everyone. We hope you'll take the time to stay and enjoy that fellowship tonight. Also, there will be a young adult choir practice following the service immediately tonight, and that will be just a brief one. Please remember, Monday and Tuesday evenings, we have a work party, a couple of work days planned, and if we do well and get everything done on Monday night, then we won't have to come Tuesday, but we've left that open just in case we get rained out or there are more things to do. And ladies, if you can attend, please, to the inside responsibilities, we want to come uh, uh, close to 6 o'clock as you can for the outside work going from around 6 until dark. You come whenever you can. We will take a little break and have some pizza for everyone who is here, and so that'll be a time of fellowship as well. The grounds cleanup and the inside cleanup, of course, will be a spring one, but we are also making preparations for our visitors that will be coming the following week. And as we think about that, we're have been in prayer and want to continue asking the Lord to help us with all the details of this. And if you have been helping so far, or if you've been put down, you put your name down to contribute to some food assistance during the week of our prayer in Presbytery, well, much appreciated, and we trust the Lord will encourage you in that. Next Lord's Day will be the beginning of some of the visitors here, and we have visiting preachers in the morning, Andrew Simpson. Pardon me, Andrew Fitton will be here. There's so many Andrews around, we have to try to keep them all straight. Andrew Fitton, who is the newly elected minister for Cloverdale, uh, he'll be joining us for the week, and he'll be preaching next Lord's Day morning. And then we also have a visitor visit from the missionary Lalo Pena from Cordoba. He'll be taking the evening service next Lord's Day, and Brother Richard Craig will be doing a joint Bible class next Lord's Day morning at 9.50. Thinking about the Sunday school and Bible classes, next Lord's Day morning will be an open session for everyone gathered together, and so we'll be doing that, but we're going to be meeting in the main church auditorium here because downstairs will be set up for all of the visitors and the food preparations and so on. And there will be that joint young adult and adult Bible class We'll be meeting here in the main auditorium next Lord's Day morning. These things will all come together. It seems like so much to know at this point. One thing, a couple of things I want to highlight to you, not this coming week, but the following one for you to keep in your mind. On Wednesday evening, instead of our prayer meeting, 
We'll be having a congregational meeting, and we hope that everyone will be attending. We want a good turnout that night because we're hoping to have the licensing of our brother Richard Craig into the ministry and also brother Frank DiDerno. That's going to be a special meeting, and the brother Jeff Bannister will be the speaker that night, and we have some other things going on as well. And uh, so it's going to be an exciting evening on Wednesday. And then Thursday is our international congregational dinner, and that will be at 7 p.m. By the way, take note now, the Wednesday meeting on that time is 7 p.m., not 7.30, as well as the congregational dinner. Those details will all come together in their right time. Do please pray for us all that we will have, see everything coming together in the right order Let's praise the Lord again, please, by singing number 421. 421. Remain seated while we sing the first two verses, and then we'll stand for verse 3. our voices on this third verse, when our eyes behold through the gathering night, the city of gold, our harbor bright, we shall anchor fast by the heavenly shore with the storms all past forevermore. That's the great hope that we have, the hope that is sure and steadfast in our Lord. Lift our hearts now in this final verse.
Now turn again, please, with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. We read this morning from verse 25, and we're going to uh, read, well, actually read from verse 13 this morning, but we're going to read from verse 25 uh, tonight, and this is breaking into the beginning of the Lord's communication, really, with the two men that were journeying to the town, the city of Emmaus, and what the Lord had to say to them. Then Jesus said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, He expounded unto them in all the Scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. And they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and brake, and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us, while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the Scriptures? And they rose up the same hour, and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way, and how he was known of them in the breaking of bread. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled, and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have." And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and an honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, 
that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. We'll end our reading there, praying for the Lord's blessing and understanding in His Word. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Dear Father, we have come to another opportunity to have Your Word open. And Lord, we do not take these times lightly. We ask, Father, that we would be settled and still and that the truth would be impressed upon our minds and hearts. That, Lord, we would have an increased love for our Lord Jesus. We would understand more of His person and work. That we would become greater witnesses and lights in a very dark world. Lord, teach us, I pray, how that we will walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Lord, hear our prayer tonight and write Your Word upon every heart. And Father, please, we pray that any who know not Christ would come to salvation. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is the second part of the message that we're thinking about uh, today in the account of Christ on the Emmaus Road and, of course, the circumstances and details that flowed out from that. It took the disciples, Cleopas and his unnamed friend, about two and a half hours to walk from Jerusalem, 11 kilometers, with the stranger that drew to their side. They had been communicating one to another about all the events that they had witnessed with their own eyes, the events that had taken place in Jerusalem relating to their Lord, their Savior. But of course, when they got to Emmaus, after their, well, they were silenced by what they had heard and how the Lord had opened to them the Word of God, the Old Testament Scripture from the prophets and the Psalms and the Law of Moses. Wonderful details. Amazing divine fulfillment of all prophecies relating to Himself. And of course, their eyes were still closed. They did not know who this stranger was. But in the breaking of bread... Christ was made known to them, and then He vanished and left them as mysteriously as He had arrived, if not more so. 
And then they began to talk one to another. What have we just experienced? What have we just heard? What have we seen? They were filled with great amazement. But I would say to you that the trip back to Jerusalem that they took that night, and it was now dark, was a lot faster than the one that they brought. It brought them to Emmaus. And they came on that unforgettable journey. And they came back to the place where the disciples had been gathered. We thought this morning about the Lord's rebuke to these two because of their unbelief and their lack of understanding. The Lord, well, at least in our translation, we have the word fools. But it wasn't that they were fools by way of being imbeciles or lacking intelligence. No, they were lacking in understanding of the Scriptures. That is true. Ignorance of the Word of God, it is no light thing for us, and we dare not ever just shrug our shoulders or just say, oh well, I I just don't know the Bible and that's just all there is to it. Friend, that's not good enough. And the Lord is not happy with us if we were to take that attitude. And so we have to be confronted with the word of rebuke that Christ brought to these men because it applies to us as well. But the Lord did not just say, your understanding is faulty. But He said to them also that you are slow of heart to believe. And that was a direct word against their lack of faith, their lack of believing what God had told them in His Word. There was a disconnection between their head knowledge and their heart knowledge. And that's the way we are also many times. We perhaps have grown up in a Christian family, brought up maybe in a good gospel church. Maybe you've been through Sunday school and youth classes and you've been in the church for a long time. But was the Lord's Word maybe to us in that way? We also noted that all Scripture speaks about our Lord Jesus. In verse 27, the Lord began to expound to them in the law of Moses and in the prophets, in the Psalms, all things concerning Himself. And it's no surprise to us that we believe the Lord Jesus is contained in the Old Testament Scriptures, He is seen there by type and by shadow, by prophetical word. Ah, but sometimes our our minds may be closed to that. Yes, the Lord Jesus is there. And believer, when we come to fully, or I would say perhaps more fully, grasp it in this life, I don't believe we will fully grasp it, but the more we understand and see of the Lord revealed in the Old Testament Scriptures, well, it gives us a firm confidence in the Word. It gives us a sense of stability of heart because the truth has been made known to us and the truth in every believer's life, it brings forth fruit. 
and the blossoming forward of fruit of the reassurance and the confidence that we have when we have received this understanding by faith and we are more familiar with the Word of God. We are strengthened with might in the inner man and we are growing more and more in likeness to Christ. And we must always remember that the Scripture is to be studied from the viewpoint of our Lord and His life and work because the Bible will unfold to us in very, very amazing ways the more that we are confronted with this truth. The Lord went on to speak to His servants and He said to them that Christ had to suffer All the Old Testament prophecies spoke about that. But why did the Lord have to suffer? Well, the suffering of Jesus was necessary to appease the wrath of God, to atone for the sins of His people, to apply the merit of all the value of His life and His sacrifice for us, and then, of course, to appear in heaven on our account. All of that related to the suffering of the Lord And Jesus said, ought, out of necessity, Christ had to suffer. And then it went on from there that He would be glorified to enter into His glory. He said in Revelation 1.18, I am He that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And that's the great hope that you and I have today. And we are alive today spiritually and will live forever because our Lord has risen and He is alive forevermore. Now as we come into the second half of the message tonight, on the screen is going to be point number three and it's joining on from today. And it's this. Christ Jesus was known by the breaking of bread. Verse number 30, And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave to them. The evening had not settled on the three as they neared Emmaus, And the stranger, he was going to go on further. He wasn't going to stay with them. But they wouldn't hear of it. And they constrained him to abide with them for the night. They were going to show hospitality. He had been feeding them all through their journey with spiritual food. And now they wanted to reciprocate and show that necessary hospitality. And so, the Lord, He took of their provided bread. And what did He do? He blessed it. He gave thanks for it, in other words. He broke that bread and He gave it to them. And in those four simple steps that we also remember every time we gather for the communion table, it is a very simple step and stages whereby the Lord was made known to these two. 
because it was in that time that Jesus was known then as their Master and Lord. They knew it then. They saw it. And immediately the Lord vanished from their sight. This is record of the first communion service following the resurrection of the Savior. The last one was in the upper room. And maybe in this same place. Interesting that the Lord did not show Himself now to thousands of people announcing His mighty victory over death. No. It was just like the Lord to do it on a very small basis. Yes, He had prayed during His lifetime. You remember when the feeding of the 5,000? They brought some bread and fish and the Lord prayed over that. He then took the bread and He broke the bread, divided it, and distributed it. And enough went around for, well, much more than 5,000. It was just 5,000 men who were there. But now, He's revealing Himself to just two ordinary followers. And who were these men? Were they mighty giants of the faith? No. They were very ordinary characters. They were men who were not great in faith, not mighty in understanding of the Scripture. They were slow in some of these ways. But the Lord chose to show His person and accomplished work to them. How sweet we have found the times that we have been around the communion table. Times where we have met with the Lord and enjoyed His fellowship. And some people would ask, well, why? Why would that be such a special time? There's nothing really showy or flashy about it. You just have a small plate of bread, some small cups of juice. Why would you be so excited about such a thing? Because, my friend, every time we meet around the communion table, we are promised that Christ is abiding there with us. We are promised by the Lord where two or three are gathered in His name. There He is with us. And the Lord joins us as we join to meet with Him. And hear how precious it is because every time that you and I gather around the communion table, we are being drawn nearer to Calvary. And that's a very precious thing to those of us who have been saved by the Lord's grace. And we love our Lord and we want to commune with Him. And so, we are brought back to that place where our sins were paid for at such a high cost. And we would say with the hymn writer, my sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part but the whole, has been nailed to His cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. And that is why we love to come around the communion table it is but a table of remembrance, isn't it? 
It is a temporary stopover, a place to remember, to think, to worship, to nourish our souls for the journey, spiritually speaking, until, believer, that day comes, until the Lord returns, or until we are going to leave this earth and go to be with our Savior forever and forever. Until that day dawns when we leave this world and we will be forever with the Lord. Amen. So let it be. And this was the first communion time post-resurrection. And the Lord met around a table in a humble home in a far-off country place like Emmaus where people don't even know where it exists today virtually in the presence of two very humble, simple disciples. Is that not just like the Lord? Does that not encourage us to know that when we are at our lowest, the fewest of numbers gathered, Christ is there in our midst, in our gathering. He is there with us to fellowship, to commune, to encourage, to show Himself. And so He did. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Creator of all things, He came and sat at their table. And that tells us that our Lord and Master will come to sit at our table and to fellowship with us. Ah, friends, let every saved sinner count the great value of the privileges, of the gospel blessings and privileges that we have, and never that we would take them for granted. Never let the thought of coming to an evening service be something of just, oh, oh well, it's just another Sunday, just another Lord's Day. No, let that thought never be in your heart. But every time the doors of the place of prayer are open, every time you have the opportunity of coming, thank God with great praise. You are coming to meet with your Lord and King. You're coming to meet with your Savior. And He was known to them in the breaking of bread. Number four, we learn that spiritual heat and light comes from seeing Christ in the revealed Scripture. Verse 32, And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while He talked with us by the way and while He opened to us the Scripture. Do you desire to know spiritual growth and advancement in your life? Do you desire to have success by God's standard in your journey? Then, friend, the success and the joy and the heat and light that we want to radiate from our testimony, it will come the more we are confronted with our Lord 
revealed in the Scriptures. This was the fire that was now put on in their hearts. It wasn't painted fire, for as one man said, painted fire gives neither heat nor light. This was real fire within their souls, and their hearts were now alive. The term that we sometimes use, a heart on fire for God, maybe you have prayed that. We sometimes sing about that. A heart that's on fire for God. What does it mean? It means that we have experienced and know the joy of the Spirit's power in us. And this is something, believer, not to be had only by super-Christians. It's an experience that all of us can tap into by God's great grace. For He has given to us the Spirit in abundance. He has poured out the gift of the Comforter to us. Let us not therefore be thinking, oh, that's for the preacher, that's for the missionary, that's for somebody else, but it's not for me. No, don't don't dare ever think that way. But rather pray, Lord, You have promised this is for me. I need this heart on fire. There are some things that will dampen that though, that spirit. The world dampens it. The flesh dampens it. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. These are things that will put out the fire of God in our hearts. And so we say, Lord, put out those things from us and don't let them get a grip hold on our hearts. No, we want, Lord, with that holy joy and conviction and zeal, when divine truth and the life of the Word of God grips our being in our souls, we will see the Lord Jesus and His glory fill the horizon of our life. And when that's the case, we will say, Lord, thank You. And we will be content. And we will be joyful in Him. In the life and in the midst of many other trials and troubles and tribulations. These disciples, they were overwhelmed from the Bible course just received. And now that it was in the context they understood of a risen Savior that had done the teaching, the stranger made known to them, it had all come alive, and now they believed. No longer were they slow of heart. No longer were they lacking understanding. They were filled with joyful thanksgiving because their worst fears had been allayed. And Christ was alive, and the dark night had never been brighter. Yes, they made their way back to Jerusalem now, and the sun was shining in their hearts brighter than ever. You know, friend, it is the Lord, the Lord's Spirit, the Holy Spirit that must open our hearts to the Word and open our minds to it. It's not going to be by human determination. It's not going to be by your grunt determination of investigating the Word and getting the deep things of the Word of God out. No. It's not to the wise, not to the mighty, not to the gifted, but to the humble in heart. 
That's who the Lord reveals His truth to. And the more you and I are fully dependent on Him and more dependent for every, every morsel of spiritual truth and light we would receive, we know it comes from our Savior. He must open our understanding. And as these men, they rush back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples their news, it was one more eyewitness that prepared the way for the Lord Himself to come. And shortly, He would appear to them all. Now, as we think of this account, and we try to imagine what it would have been like to have seen the risen Christ in person and to feel that joy of heart, well, put yourself in that position. What would you have thought if you had been there on that road? You've been at that house in Emmaus. Would you not have been elated? Would you not have been filled with thanksgiving, thinking there's nothing in the world like this? And oh, if we only could have experienced what those two men experienced, then our Christianity would be somewhat more fulfilled? No, that's actually not true. And the reason for that is because you and I actually have a greater experience by the Holy Spirit revealing Himself through the Scriptures and making Christ known to us, we have the joy and the peace of this in our heart because every believer, every saved soul has the gift given by Christ to us. Are we making use of the toolbox that He has given to us are we making use of the promised Holy Spirit? Friends, let there not be a day go past that we do not begin our day by saying, Lord, I need Your power to live this day for Your glory. I need the infilling of the Spirit's power to be able to understand the Scriptures that I'm going to read. And I pray, Lord, You would apply them to my heart. Yes, let that simple prayer be the prayer that we give to the Lord every day. Because then we will know what it is to be in touch with our God. To be walking with Him. To be praising Him. Yes, when you're at your office place in front of the computer working away, yet you know the joy and the fullness of the Spirit. You will know that what you are doing in a laborious task is to the honor of your God. And you can rejoice and praise Him in that. Young person, you're studying, you're doing an assignment, you're preparing for an exam or a test, and sometimes it gets wearying. But as you do your work and your study and your assignment to the glory of God, you will find you have His peace and you have His blessing, and you will have prosperity in serving Him in that way. Number five, we learn that the peace that the risen Christ brought to His fearful men, it was the peace that came from the Lord Himself. Notice in verse 36, it says, and as they thus spake, Jesus Himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. 
So Cleopas and his friend had hurried to Jerusalem to the place where his disciples were gathered, and they sprang in. I don't even know if they knocked or not. And what they did, they declared, The Lord has risen, and we have seen Him. He made Himself known to us in the breaking of bread. It was just at that precise moment they had come in, they had made their statement, and then were told that Jesus came and stood in the midst of them. He appeared. And the first thing that He said to them was, Peace be unto you. It was not a word of rebuke for their unbelief this time. All the disciples were there. Remember, they had fled from the Lord in the garden. They had deserted Him. Peter had denied Him. But the Lord now comes and stands in their midst and He speaks a word of peace. He knew that they were full of fear. And yet now they were looking upon their Lord and all things now going through their mind, they had witnessed the Lord in His mutilated body hanging on a cross, limp in death, They saw Him being taken down. They witnessed from a distance the Lord being put into a sepulcher. And what would they thinking now? How would we respond in a situation like that? And the Lord then asked them two questions in verse 38. He says, Why are ye so troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Now someone might conclude... Those questions seem rather silly because we would have no difficulty in putting ourselves into that place and answering the questions, of course, why would they be afraid? Why were they so troubled? But now the Lord was standing before them and they had no justifiable reason to be afraid or to be filled with doubts. What He had told them would happen, had happened. And they were now standing, witnessing it with their own eyes. And while they were silent with fear, Jesus said unto them, Behold, My hands and My feet For a spirit hath not flesh and bones. Yes, they they thought they had seen a spirit. They thought they had seen a ghost. They were terrified that the Lord was standing in their midst because He had come through the door without opening it. No wonder they were filled with fear and uncertainty. But friends, there's something... There's something wonderful here that is not seen in our translation. Look at verse 39. Jesus said, Behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. The words, it is I 
myself in our translation can be more directly translated, I am He. This is one of the hidden I am's of Christ in the New Testament, where the eternal God, the one that appeared to Moses in the burning bush, the one that showed himself to his servant, Jehovah, who revealed, I am that I am the very one that the Lord Jesus Himself had identified in John 8 when the Pharisees took up stones to stone Him because they knew He was declaring Himself to be Jehovah. And the Lord comes to His disciples now in their great fear. And He says to them, I am. Have you any reason to fear? Have you any cause to be afraid? Is there anything in this world that would make you overwhelmed with uncertainty and doubt? For the Creator of all things is standing in front of you, the God-man, the Son of God, and God the Son. But they were slow to grasp this. And the Lord, in His mercy, still further proved that He was not a phantom. He said to them, Handle me and see. And in their minds, they're thinking, A spirit, if I go out and reach on that to hold onto His hand, it's just going to go right through His hand. I'm going to feel nothing. But He said, No. Handle me and see. And he went on further and said, Do you have any food here? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and a honeycomb. And he sat down with them and he began to eat. And the Lord was confirming to them and reconfirming by his grace and mercy in their time of weakness. And they reached out and they held him then. And they knew that it was their risen Lord. One final thought I leave with you is this. Number six. They were fools no longer. Fools no longer. Turn over to verse 44. And He said unto them, after He had eaten, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So what he had done to the two on the road to Emmaus by showing them all things concerning himself, he is now reinforcing that truth again that all of the Scripture is speaking about what was prophesied for him to do. And he has now done it and it's been completed. All things concerning me. And then note verse 45. Then opened He their understanding that they might understand 
the Scriptures. The light in them was now increasing. You perhaps have in your home one of those switches on the wall that has a slide bar on it. And you can turn the light on the switch when the bar is at the very bottom. And you might see just a little bit of the light bulb, the element that has been energized by a fraction of electricity. But as you move the little slide bar up, things become brighter because you have more electricity that's flowing to that element and it's becoming brighter and brighter until you move the slide bar right to the top and now you have the full light of that bulb. Well, in their hearts, that which was so dark and uncertain and fearful, flickering only so much, well, now it had become much brighter than it was. It wasn't yet at its full light. I wonder where, where is the slide bar in our Christian life? Where, where is the light coming into our hearts of the radiance of Christ? Don't we pray that we want, Lord, our understanding of Your Word to be more and more and greater and brighter? Of course we do. We're praying and asking for the Lord to do just that. I want you to notice the Lord said here, then open He their understanding. The word understanding and the root is the same word that's used in verse 25 where we have translated the word fools. In verse 25, it's the same word that's in the negative. So they were without understanding as the Lord said to them. They were lacking understanding. But now the Lord is increasing and giving them understanding. It's the exact same root word. Now the light has come on. Now they have clarity. And the clarity was by the revelation of the Lord Himself. We will always see the Scripture with greater clarity when we view it in light of the risen Redeemer. This encourages us to pray for that illumination that we will draw more and more from the Lord when we search the Scriptures, for they are they that testify of Him. And so, friends, in conclusion tonight, let this verse of Scripture be a prayer for all of us. Then opened He their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. This is a valid prayer. It is a good prayer because it's a prayer that will be answered. If you seek God and you say, Lord, I want to know more of my Lord from the Scriptures, open my understanding. You pray that prayer, and God will answer that. And therefore, let us all be students of the Scripture. 
Let this congregation be known as those who love the Bible and have submitted our lives to its truth and practice. Let the Reformation cry be ours. Sola Scriptura. The Bible alone. And as the Lord hears and answers that prayer, that He will make us strong in Him. Strong to face the battle of the day. Strong to face the increased opposition that's coming against us. Let's be prepared. Let us make ourselves ready. Let us pray that we will abide by God's Word and His Word alone. We'll conclude our our time tonight by singing number 384. My Jesus, I love Thee. I know Thou art mine. Let's stand, please, to sing.
bring our meeting to a close tonight, and we pray that your Spirit would work powerfully in the hearts of any who are unsaved. Please, Lord, bring them to Christ. Convict of sin. Give them grace and faith to call out, Lord, what must I do to be saved? And dear Father, bless every child of sovereign grace, every child who has been born again of Thy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that our understanding, our knowledge of the Lord Jesus in the Word would increase every single day. Lord, may the light be growing brighter and brighter for the honor of our Lord. And so bless us now this evening in our time of fellowship downstairs afterward. Bless the young adults as they take a few moments and practice. And bless us as we meet in the, with the baptismal candidates, Lord. Be with us now tonight. Take us to our homes in safety afterward and make us a blessing there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.